Does God really call people to serve Him in a particular way? Who does God call? And how do they know that it is Him that has called them? Could God be calling you and me to serve Him? In the Bible we read a a beautiful story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's quite a narrative that reveals some certain truths to us about God's call on our lives. I'm sure you're familiar with the story, the, the calling of, of Samuel. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn there with me tonight. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I believe we'll be projecting if you forgot to bring your Bible. Beginning with, with verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, called Samuel, and, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel! Samuel! Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said this to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. In his book, The Call, Oz Guinness states, Deep in our hearts, we all want to find and fulfill a purpose bigger than ourselves. Only such a large purpose can inspire us to heights we know we could never reach on our own. For each of us, the real purpose is personal and passionate. 
to know we are here, to know what we are here to do and why. You see, discovering God's call or our mission in life is a process that often unfolds over time. We do not choose our calling. God calls us and we respond. If we are open to his call, we can't miss it because he is relentless in his pursuit of us. Our lesson from 1 Samuel is about being called by God to take on a certain responsibility. The text begins in verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord and under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. We know and you know that Eli was a prophet. Samuel was kind of an apprentice in the temple. It was a spiritually dry time in the life of the nation. It was almost as if God had withdrawn from the people. It was more likely though that the people had withdrawn from the Lord. Against this backdrop, Eli was in his room lying down and, and Samuel was lying in a room nearby. In the night, Samuel heard a voice calling, calling his name rather urgently. Samuel, Samuel, the voice calls. Samuel, thinking that Eli the prophet was calling him, went to him and said, Here I am. What is it that you want? And Eli said, It's not me. <laughs> Going back to bed, son. Samuel went back to his room and no sooner had he, that he was back in bed that he, that he heard the voice again. Samuel! Samuel! Again, a sense of urgency. A second time, Samuel went back to Eli and he said, What is it that you want? And Eli said, Son, I, I didn't call you. You know, going back to bed, it's okay. You must be dreaming. Then it happens a third time. The Lord called to Samuel. And a third time he ran back to Eli. At this point, Eli knew something was up. He, he knew this was uncharacteristic of, of Samuel, and so he knew something had to be going on. And so he said to him, he said, look, go back. If you hear the voice again, then just say, speak for your servant is listening. Now as we review this passage, there are certain characteristics, certain truths that I believe relates to the call of God upon our lives. First, we must recognize that when we are called, it is always God who calls us. Samuel's mother had prayed for a child. You read that in chapter 1. She had pleaded with God and made the promise that if God would give her the child that she longed for, that she would dedicate that child to God. And the scripture says that when he was weaned, she lived up to her promise and brought the baby back to the house of the Lord 
to serve the Lord. And 1 Samuel chapter 1, 27 and 28 says this, I prayed for this child, Hannah said, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given to the Lord. Now, here's the important truth. Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord. She presented Samuel to the Lord. She said Samuel's whole life would be given to the Lord. But get this, Hannah was not the one who called Samuel. Verse 4 says, Then the Lord called Samuel. God himself, the creator of the universe, the redeemer of all, the sustainer of everything that is, the sovereign over all time and eternity is the one who initiated the call to the boy Samuel. We are reminded by Henry Blackaby in his book, The Power of the Call. This call is not by the will of man, but by the will of God. Jesus told his disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Paul wrote, I am an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. You see, God personally calls his servants. He called Abraham, he called Moses, he called the prophets, he called the disciples, he called Paul, he called Martin Luther, he called John Wesley, and the same God that called each of these patriarchs of our faith is the one who calls you and me. That voice that Samuel heard late in the night in the house of the Lord is the same voice that came to you and came to me and said, Harold, Harold. You see, it is God who calls us. A second truth that stands out in this passage is we don't always understand God's call. In verse 7 it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now we may presume that Samuel knew something about the Lord. He was no stranger to the place of worship and the things of God. He had been ministering under the instruction of Levi at the Lord's sanctuary in Shiloh since his mother gave him to the Lord's service as a young child. In our context here, we would say that Samuel cut his teeth on the back of the temple pews. But the special relationship with God that Samuel was to enjoy was not yet established. He had not yet had a revelatory experience with the Lord. So there are times when God begins the call in our life that we just don't truly understand what that call is. We hear the voice. And we're open to hear the voice. And as we hear God call, we just can't put our hands around what he's calling us to do. But there's a third truth here. 
God will work through others to help us discern the call. Look at verse 8. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. You see, Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. He didn't know the Lord until Eli interpreted the voice. I believe that Eli represents the community of faith that we are all part of. Samuel needed Eli to help him discover the Lord. We need to be in the community of faith in order to understand how God is working in our lives. You see, God created us to be in community. That's why this Bible college is so important as God shapes and refines the call that he has upon our life. We're not trying to figure it out alone. We're in this thing together. And through the godly and wise counsel of professors who will love you and pray for you, and through peers who will interact with you on a personal level, level God will begin to help you see and understand and comprehend the great purpose and plan he has for your life. I wish it was easy enough just to be figured out all by ourselves. I can remember when I was struggling with the call myself and I went to my preacher father and I said, Dad, how do you know that you know? Man, I wanted to be a school teacher and a football coach. Now, I know, look, don't let the size get in your way. <laughs> Bobby Bowden's not a big man. So don't, don't let that blow you. I mean, you, you, you don't have to be big to know how to run the offense or plan the defense. That's what I wanted to do. But I felt God calling me, and I, I went to my father. And I said, Dad, how do you know that you know? And he gave me this simple, simple truth. He said, son, what will happen in your life is that your love for one will increase He didn't say that, that you'll turn your back on one and, and you just won't care about the other. I still love football. I can't wait for Thursday night. <laughs> I love ESPN and ESPN2 and ESPN3, ESPNU because now they have college football on Thursday and Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> can't wait. So my love for that game has not faded, but... My calling to serve the Lord has increased with a great passion. Amen. After all, what does it really matter? Who won the national championship in 1951? You know? Anybody in here know? Who? No. 1951. The College football, I don't talk about NFL, they play on Sunday. <laughs> what time am I supposed to quit? Right now? Let me hurry. Well, I guess I'm the president. I can just. 
go as long as I want, right? I can tell you who won the football championship in 1951, University of Tennessee Volunteers. Now, how do I know that? Because I'm from Tennessee. But I couldn't tell you who won it in 1952. You see, that is just trivial stuff. It's stuff that entertains us. It's fun to talk about, but it's not a purpose to live for. And God gave me a passion to preach His Word, to be involved in His kingdom business. And how did that come about? Not yeah, a call, but the community of faith helped me to understand and fulfill that calling. We need others to help us interpret our call. We may think that we should do something, but we need others to validate that sense of call. Fourth, I love this one, God is persistent in his call. Samuel fails at first to recognize his call, but, he, but God kept calling. Three times God called out to Samuel, and Samuel didn't get it. Then in verse 10 we read, The Lord came, now look at this, it's so different than the other verses. The Lord came and stood there. I find that intriguing. Samuel not only heard the Lord, but his eyes opened to his calling. I'm thankful that God didn't give up after the second time. I'm glad that God just didn't move on to somebody else. Maybe, maybe a, what's a good Bible name? I was going to say Robert, but he's not in there. <laughs> God didn't move on to somebody else. That's the way God is. God loves us with a love that we can't even begin to fathom. He loves us so much that he doesn't give up on us. I read one writer who said, God has a passionate persistence when it comes to his people. He stubbornly and tenaciously pursues us because he wants us to turn our lives over to him and wants the best for us. God will not quit on you. Fifth, God will speak to us as, as we listen to, for him. I'm not going to read verses 9 and 10. I've already read it. But as we listen for him, he will speak to us. It's important that we have open hearts and open minds. That's what listening really is about. Open heart and open mind to say, yes, Lord, Whatever, I'm your servant. Trapp said, a hearing ear is sweet mercy. A hearing ear is sweet mercy. And Samuel responded in a spirit of reverence 
humility, and obedience to the voice that called his name. One final truth, and this I want you to take with you. God will reward his servants who are obedient to his call. Verses 19 and 20, I find this very interesting. I, didn't, I don't think I read this. The Lord was with Samuel. That says it all. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. Now watch this. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. You know how that simply means? When you've done your best and you've preached your worst, what God is planting in the hearts of those who you minister to will take root. God does not let his word fall void. You know, this movie that I showed a clip from is Simon Birch. How many have ever seen that movie? It's okay, I'm not going to say anything. Um, as I was preparing for this message, I remembered that. Throughout the movie, Simon Birch, who is the smallest guy in town, and I identify with that, <laughs> was, was searching for his purpose, his destiny. His, at one point in the, in the movie he says, I believe God has a purpose for my life. He says those exact words. The preacher can't buy into it. But, 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 but Simon knew something there. We come to the end of the movie. The church youth group is on a bus trip. It's winter. They hit some ice and the bus takes a dive into the icy river waters. There is pandemonium on the bus as it begins to sink into the icy waters of that fast-flowing winter river. The bus driver looks around, sees the condition, opens the door, jumps out, and leaves the kids. The preacher in the video here, his head is hit and he's laid out. He can't help. The kids are in panic mode. And Simon, the smallest guy on the bus, says, My destiny. And Simon lays down his life so that every kid on that bus is saved. You see, God has called you and me to a destiny, a purpose that we might take the gospel 
to a world that is drowning in the icy waters of sin. And to be the Simon Birches who looks at the, at the darkness of the day and says, my destiny, that's our calling. Stand with me. I'm the president in this place and I don't even know what time chapel is supposed to be over. Is it over? Okay, thank you. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your presence with us tonight. I thank you for the students that have gathered here. They're Samuels. They've heard your voice. They're Simon Birches seeking to discover their destiny, their purpose, their calling. Oh God, may as we begin this new year together, may we journey down this road of faith together in such a way that our calling will be clear. And all doubt will be laid aside. Bless our faculty. Thank you for these godly people who love you, who love to teach of you, who love these students, who would be mentors and guides and directors for this class through the year. I pray, God, that this year you will be doing something special in our hearts and lives.